like to welcome everybody to the Candlelight Christmas Eve service at Bethel Christian Fellowship 2022. I'm so glad you've joined us. Welcome to all of you who are joining us online as well. You're staying safe at home. It's a good thing. Some of you have braved the cold and the treacherous roads. Uh, we're grateful to be gathered together. If you could join me in welcoming the Lord to be with us tonight. Heavenly Father, tonight we are remembering the dramatic and drastic thing that you did 2,000 years ago when you emptied yourself instead of grasping for divine power and authority, you humbled yourself and you became one of us. You'd entered into all of our vulnerabilities, all of our fears, all of our threats, all of the dangers that we face. And you became very small and very weak, very helpless, all so that you could become one of us. Lord, thank you in the, in, the, in the blackest, darkest night, you pierced that night, that pinprick of hope. We are so grateful that you did that 2,000 years ago. Spirit, please help us remember this as we are gathered together, whether in person, whether we're online. Help us to remember the reality of what you did and and, and by becoming one of us, you changed our reality. Spirit of God, draw us into the new reality that you have, you have brought in Jesus Christ becoming one of us. Let's, uh, let's join with the angels and uh, exhort the angels as they lift up the Lord. Can all. Mark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn King, peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled, joyful all ye nations rise, join the triumph.
I can finally rest. I can finally lay down all my burdens. I can finally die in peace and fully rest until it comes time for the resurrection. Oh, thanks be to God that he privileged me with this incomparable gift. I got to see the Lord's Messiah. I better slow down and start at the beginning of my tale so you can understand me better. As you can tell, I'm very old now. I'm so old, I can barely remember how it all started, but I'll try to remember. When I was only a young man, I was apprenticed to my father as a stonemason. My father and his father before him were stonemasons. 
Our family always tried to be righteous and devout according to Moses' law. I loved God's law, and my highest ambition was to live in a way that pleases God. The more I studied the law, the more I began to see that it it pointed to a Messiah who would one day come and fulfill all of God's promises to his people. Psalm 119.81 says, My soul is crushed in longing for your salvation. I will wait for you. I will wait for your word. Somehow I knew that this Messiah would be our salvation and that my one job was to simply wait for him whenever he appeared. Near the end of, the, near the end of my career as a stonemason, stone I received the greatest privilege of my life. I was employed by King Herod to help oversee the reconstruction of the new temple. I got to study all the texts in the law about the building of the tabernacle in Moses' day, as well as all the texts about how King Solomon and then King Zerubbabel built and rebuilt the temple. I saw my work as part of how I was to wait for God's Messiah. Nothing was more exciting for me than those days. But the best was yet to come. It was at this time that God gave me a revelation. I was concentrating deeply on how to build a part of the new temple, and it was a very tricky part. Suddenly, a message came into my head. It was so powerful that I fell on my face and could not rise for hours. All I could do was praise God. In those hours that I lay there on the floor, he told me a very simple message. He said, that because I was waiting so diligently, I would not die before I saw the salvation of God. What could all this mean? I have been pondering it ever since. Now in my retirement from being a stonemason, I pray and fast every day. I come to the same temple that I helped build, and in prayer I look for this promised consolation of Israel. Psalm 119.20 says, My soul is crushed with longing for your word at all times. This describes exactly how I feel every day that I wait to see the salvation. Until this morning. When I went to the temple to pray as usual, there was a poor couple bringing their firstborn son to present him before the Lord. It was in that moment that the Lord revealed to me that this child, this little child, was the very salvation of God for which I had been waiting all of these years. Oh, thanks be to God. When I approached this couple to tell them this, I took this baby into my arms and I blessed God. Suddenly his spirit came upon me and words came into my mouth. I said, now Lord, you are releasing your bondservant to depart in peace. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light of revelation to the Gentiles, and the Lord of your people, Israel. All these years I have worked on Herod's temple in Jerusalem. I tried to make it look as majestic as possible so it would be a building fit for the glory of God himself. All these years since... 
of praying and looking for this Messiah, wondering when he would come. And this morning, all my hopes and dreams and desires have been finally, have finally been fully gazing on this little child. Praises be to God forever. Thank you. 
deserve the privilege I receive from God this morning. Who is more privileged than I? I must be the most favored person in the whole world. Oh, you're looking at my rags and my wrinkles, aren't you? You're thinking that old lady should be bitter. Here she is at the end of her life without any money and dressed in rags. Yes, she is the daughter of Fenuel, an important leader of what's left of the tribe of Asher. What good is that to her now? Yes, she was married to an important man once. He died ages ago, after only seven years of marriage. Now this poor widow has no family left and no one to take care of her. She should be bitter like Naomi was in the story of Ruth. All those things about me are true, but you would be so wrong to conclude that I should be bitter about my life. You see, the Lord has privileged me by letting me live the life of a Levite. I get to live the temple itself and serve there constantly with fastings and prayers. For a woman in these days, this is very rare. So I am grateful to let me, a poor old widow, with no one left to take care of me, worshiping the living God, the Lord Most High, and serve him night and day. I get to live Moses' command to love God with all my heart, all my soul, and all my strength. What could be a greater honor? Wouldn't you agree that I'm exceedingly privileged? But God didn't stop honoring me by giving me the life of a Levite. He gave me even greater honors. Sometimes his spirit actually speaks to me and gives me things I must say to other people. The priests here tell me that these are prophecies. I tremble to think that the Lord will entrust me with prophecies. I don't understand why he chose me. Because honestly, I think there are plenty of other people who would do a better job than I. I really am a nobody in the eyes of the world. But sometimes without being able to predict when he does it, the spirit will come upon me and I know I have a message for someone else. Some of these messages are pretty hard to deliver and some are joyful. But after 84 years of living like this, I can say that I've always seen these messages come true, even if I must wait for decades. But there was one message God gave me a long time ago that was never fulfilled. It is the most important message I've ever received. I've waited and waited for it for what seems like an eternity. This message is that I would get to tell all the people who are looking for the redemption of Jerusalem about the Messiah. I did not know what this meant. I never knew how God would fulfill this message. How would I even recognize the Messiah when he came? But this morning, it happened. I almost cannot believe it because it is so extraordinary. After all these years and years, after all these decades, has it finally come to pass? I pinch myself every few minutes as if I will soon wake up from a dream. This morning, a young couple came into the temple to dedicate their firstborn son, just like the law commands. It was right then that the spirit came upon me. Whenever the spirit speaks to me, I know I must obey without question or hesitation. So immediately, I went over to this family who was talking to another prophet, a friend of mine named Simeon. I looked into the mother's arms and I saw a baby. My physical eyes told me this is just an ordinary child. But the spirit told me that this child is redemption of Jerusalem, for whom we've been waiting for so long. This is the one God promised us so long ago. In that moment, I burst into thanksgiving and began telling everyone I could about this child. I haven't been able to stop telling everyone I've met since. Oh, please join me in praising God for fulfilling his promise to me from decades ago. Praise him for fulfilling his promise to all of Israel from centuries ago. Thank you. 
I, uh, I often wonder, I've often wondered when I read Anna's story and Simeon's story, you can read it for yourself in Luke 2, what was it that they recognized when they saw the baby Jesus for the first time? He was just a baby. Mother and father were poor, common looking. Nothing made them distinguished. Nothing made them stand out. How did they recognize that that little baby was the salvation of the world, that he was the redemption of Israel, that he was the consolation of the people of God? How did they recognize? And, and the same question could be asked of us. How do we recognize God when he appears? So often God appears to us in very quiet ways. We're, we're usually waiting for big fireworks and for the, the stars to line up in signs and uh, er, big earthquakes to open up right beneath us before we, we believe God could be speaking to us. But so often he shows up in very quiet, subtle ways, ways that seem very ordinary, ways that don't distinguish themselves. What was it about Simeon and Anna that enabled them to recognize that this was the Savior? And one of the things I noticed that they both had in common was Anna and Simeon were already looking for the Savior. Their hearts were already open, searching for the salvation of God. They didn't understand what form it was going to take. They didn't understand exactly what was going to happen or how it was going to happen or what he was going to look like. And as we all know, most, unless it's your own baby, pretty much all other babies look almost exactly the same. So what, what was it that made this baby stand out? You know, I don't know, and the text doesn't really tell us, but what I do know is that Anna and Simeon were looking for the salvation of God. And so... On this Christmas Eve, in the middle of wars and pandemics and all kinds of terrible things, my challenge to you is to look for God's salvation to show up some way in your life. And don't be surprised if he shows up in a a, a subtle, quiet way that maybe looks ordinary to everybody else. Have your heart open to that. So we're going to keep singing and rejoicing. Let's all stand for the next couple of songs, and let's have our eyes open to how the Lord might be moving in our lives. Take this gift of grace, come right. 
All right, you can stay standing. And if uh, Eliora, if you could uh, join me up here. We are going to sing through, we're going to wrap up singing through Silent Night. And this is the candlelight part portion of the evening. And uh, Eliora, my assistant, is going to walk down, uh, but you walk down this aisle, and I'll walk down this aisle as we sing. We're going to light the candle, and you pass it to the person next to you, all right? And eventually, we'll get around, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to sing through this song once, and then when, we, when it comes time to repeat the first verse, then we will begin releasing people out into the lobby. So, let's go ahead and start the music. This final uh, verse, welcome to process out, singing, starting with the people closest to the aisle, and uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. May the Lord Jesus himself, his Holy Spirit, the approval of the Father go with you. 